0: Glenfiddich, the world's most awarded single malt Scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. Welcome to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is a
1: Froggy Wednesday, and we are joined by John Deere Classic Champion. Let's, let, let, let that ring in for a little bit. John Deere Classic Champion, which, by the way, the week before had a t2 finish at the travelers jt posting fresh off an open championship week man thank you so much for your time appreciate it buddy
2: yeah absolutely thanks for having me on Look how awesome to- does
1: that sound john deere classic champion
2: man it sounds awesome it was such an awesome week um nice to kind of see a lot of hard work pay off and um yeah i mean anytime you went on a PJ tour it's, it's a great thing
1: and hold on, I left out something. I left out wire to wire, John Deere Classic. <laughs> we can't leave out wire to wire. I mean, you yeah. went out there on Thursday and shot a low round. And l- let me ask you this. After your Thursday round, did you, do you feel it's harder? Because at the Travelers, it was, 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 you know, was a different story. You didn't win, but you still finished second. Is it harder to go out there and put that great first round up and feel like you have to match it, but yet have that cushion? Or is it, or is it better the other way around?
2: Uh, I think, you know, I mean, unfortunately I was just in a place where my game was in a good spot and it was just like, you know, the, the, the great first round is, is awesome. And getting off anytime you get off to a good start like that, it kind of gives you a chance to build off of it. And that was kind of what I wanted to do was I was building off of the previous week, finishing second Mm -hmm. and, um, nice to kind of keep that momentum rolling but uh as far as harder one way or the other it's just i would say it's just more different i mean it, it's it's really just you get off to a great start and you're in a great position and you try and just build off of it and be there come sunday
1: was it the case of because we've all had days i mean they're obviously much fewer and far between the years are but we've all had those days out on the golf course where the hole feels like you're putting in a bucket and it feels like you can't miss the green feels like it's a million miles wide is that how it was feeling on that Thursday?
2: Yeah, it was it was it was. Uh, I made some nice putts, but really, it was the ball striking that was that was so good. Um, I gave myself so many good looks, and it felt like every shot that I hit, whether we were aiming at the pin and firing at the flagstick, or we were looking, you know, fifteen feet one on either side, it just felt like every time I hit, I hit it. It was coming out right at it or right where we were looking, and um when you have those days uh it just the game just feels easy uh even if you miss a short birdie putt you don't really get too frustrated because you feel like the next hole you're going to give it you know you're going to give yourself another look so it was it was kind of just one of those days to green
1: how different was your strategy from thursday to friday to saturday to sunday versus you going at pins and then going out on sunday knew you had the lead to to protect but at the same time you're watching the scoreboard to make sure somebody else doesn't get too close
2: yeah. I mean, early on in the week, you, you've got the lead, but you're not really thinking about that. You know, there's a lot of golf left. And so you got to go out there and and pretty much try and do the same thing that you did on Thursday. And as the week went on, like it was easier to start thinking about the, the finish line, I guess. But uh, it's also a course that, that a lot of guys can go low on. Um, the greens are so good. The weather was good. Um, and so you could, you could shoot a low number and um, knowing that, even with a 2 3 shot lead or whatever I had it was my mindset was to I still need to go out there and shoot a pretty low round in order to to keep that lead or in order to be there at the end of the day on Sunday.
1: Yeah I mean no lead is safe as we saw just this past week Rory yeah. and um um Hovland go out and they've got a four shot lead and so obviously everybody thinks hey this is really between these two guys and everybody else is kind of back here Yeah. And it was, I mean, it got towards the back nine. I'm sure you were watching it on Sunday and you're like, wait a second. Instead of worried about Victor Hoblin, Rory needs to be worried about the, 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 the Cam brothers, Cam Young, Cam Smith were playing lights out golf and matching each other birdie for birdie. And so, I mean, is there a such thing as a lead that's safe enough that you can just play center of the green and make 18 pars and go home?
2: I I don't know. I think a lot of it probably has to, it probably depends on the course a little bit, how hard it's playing. Um, If it's a course where, you know, par is a good score, then yes, to a certain extent. But if it's a course that's going to yield a bunch of birdies, then, you know, you got to, you got to go out there and you got to try and make some birdies and still shoot a solid, solid round of golf and see where it see where you end up at the end of the day.
1: I mean, if Rory went out and shot two under, I think most people thought he probably the only person that would have beat him if he only shot two under was Hovland. But what those guys did and you, you played the golf course this past week at the open Um, speak to what, what does it mean that, that uh, Cam Smith goes out and shoots a pair of 64s, one on Thursday and one on Sunday?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible golf. The one on, I mean, anytime you shoot 64 in a major is, is a great round of golf, but to do it on Sunday, when you're in contention and have a chance to win and then to pull out a win is, is wildly impressive. And, um, you know, he's been playing some crate golf all year, so I don't think too many people were surprised to see it, but, um, it's still an incredible round of golf. And, um, you know, you do something like that on Sunday to, on, of a major, then, then you deserve to win. JT, that was your first
1: uh, venture at the at the opening. You obviously get to play it at the 150th there at St. Andrews. I mean, really, you could not have picked a better spot to start as far as playing the Open Championship. Talk about that golf course a little bit and what it means. Because to to the average person, if, if my front lawn or your front lawn looked like St. Andrews, your HOA would be after you. They'd be telling you, hey, you got to fix the place up. You can't let it get run down. But the yeah. truth is the history there and what that golf course means. Talk a little bit about that. And what was your first experience like?
2: It, it was an awesome week. Um, it, that's a golf tournament that I've always wanted to play in play in the open and to finally get that chance. And for it to be at St. Andrews was just kind of icing on the cake, but, um, links golf, I love links golf. I think it was, it was really cool, really fun. It makes you really have to think, uh, through the shots and, and, there's so many different ways you can play them and so many different ways that a specific hole or a golf course can play with different winds and stuff like that. And as far as St. Andrew, St. Andrew's goes last week, it was, it was really firm, really fast. So it played short. So I think that's why you saw uh, some of the shorter holes guys could uh, get drivers up there by the greens with the right wind direction. And it, it, yielded some birdies, but if you didn't hit it in the right places, you could really give yourself some tough shots in the greens, tough shots around the greens. Um, they did a pretty good job with tucking the pins, but just with how firm and fast it was and how good the weather was, guys were able to make, make some birdies.
1: Did you get caught up in any of the bunkers?
2: I I hit in a few of them. One of them, I was able to get out clean. Um, but, but another one I had to, I had to hit it out backwards. Um, I didn't just had no stance, uh nothing it's 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 pretty rare that when you hit it in those things that it ends up in a good spot so you try and avoid them as much as you can
1: from what i understand because i was watching on sunday and they were talking about just the the you know the the ramps up to the, the greens the, the the front false fronts of the greens how steep they are i don't think tv does justice to just how deep those bunkers are and how elevated some of those greens are is that right
2: yeah, I mean I think I think you know a lot of the greens there there are run-ups where you can kind of chase the ball up but a lot of them run, it it's it is pretty steep and you got to um really be precise with where you land it and kind of the trajectory that you're hitting it in there or else it won't it won't bounce up. Um and as far as the bunkers go, I thought the hardest part about the bunkers is obviously you're trying to avoid them, but a lot of them you can't see from the tee or Oh, the only I mean, you can see the ones coming in the greens, but the ones that are really in play that are penal are the ones off the tees because you know you're just hitting it out sideways, basically, and trying to get up and down from the middle of the fairway. Um, and a lot of times you're standing on tees and you have an idea of kind of where where they of where it is, but um, with it being as firm as it was, you could hit it. You could have it coming down uh, in the fairway left of a bunker, but if it was fading, it could run, it could run into the bunker and, and you just don't, you don't really know. So a lot of times it felt like you had to split the middle of the fairway in order to keep it away from, from those bunkers.
1: And that's really the beauty of that golf course, right? I mean, that, that really is kind of what it is. And you, you've got to be, you know, it's weird that a golf course that's not too long has still stood the test of time. That golf course still stands up to today's game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, and that's what I learned, I guess, talking to other guys that have played a little bit more links golf is that's, you know, links holds the test. It's, it stands up to the modern game because of how firm and how much, uh, slope is in some of these greens, but a lot of the defense is the weather. And so when you catch it on, on good weather days, you can still have low scores like this past week. But if there was bad weather last week, then it would have been really, really hard to shoot a, shoot something under bar, um, and around a golf. So, you know, it was, I thought it was great. Um, I hope I look forward to getting, getting back out there, you know, for years down the road.
0: PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new gen five golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled what the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG schedule your custom fitting or buy online at PXG.com.
1: How
2: difficult is that T shot on 17. The T shot. I don't, I don't think is, is, is as hard as I thought it was going to be. It's the shot in the green. That's hard to get it close um yeah there's nowhere to miss there if you miss it right obviously you're you know you're gone right you're in the road left is in that bunker that's dead um and even if you hit it short of the green it's not an easy two putt or chip or up and down or anything like that to any of those pins so but the t-ball i mean the t-ball you just have to get comfortable with hitting it far enough right the first couple times i hit it i hit good shots but i just i couldn't make myself aim far enough right but once you kind of realize how far right you can hit it and still be in the fairway that it's it's really not it's really not too bad
1: on tv they were saying you know there's that green old course hotel logo there right in front of you on 17 they were saying hit it over the o in hotel like that
2: far right which i mean really you're all you feel you got to feel like you're almost aimed out of bounds yeah i mean you pretty you you do feel like you are and i would even say that you know the O is kind of the middle of the fairway, but we yep. had it down, downwind, down off the right most of the week, and so I would even go as far as saying if you hit it anywhere on any of the lettering, you probably were going to be in the fairway. Um, so it, it's it's just it's hard to wrap your head around hitting it that far right when you you can't see the fairway at all, but you can see kind of some other holes to the left. But hitting it that far right, you do feel like you're about to hit it in somebody's balcony in the hotel and, and it's going to be 20 yards out of bounds. But then you get up there and it's in the right center of the fairway.
1: Wow. Did you get any uh, any chance to see any of the Tiger moments that were going on?
2: Um, I did not. We were on the golf course when he walked across the bridge on Friday. We were probably on four or five, but okay. you could definitely, you could hear that you could hear all the cheering and you could hear everything going on at 18 and there's no mistaking that it was his group and him walking up 18. And uh, it was cool to hear it. I wish I'd have been able to been able to be there to see it. Uh, I've talked with Max home a little bit about it. He says it was one of the coolest things he's ever been a part of. So um, I feel like it was, it was pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, Holman Fitzpatrick did the right thing. They kind of slowed down and let Tiger walk across the bridge, not knowing if he was going to stop. That was really the talk on TV was, is he going to stop and say, hey, this is it, or is he just going to walk? And and you know what I admired? He just kept walking. I think in Tiger's mind, he does. he There's, there's no quitting, and he just still wants to play. And uh, I think he will play good golf again because he does appear to be stronger now than he was at the Masters and than he was at the PGA Championship. I just think that without having the practice time obviously his game is showing the rust of not being able to put in the hours.
2: Yeah, I mean the competitiveness of Tiger is his biggest strength I would say and he's not going to go down without a fight so he he's going to he's going to I think he'll be back and I think you're right I think he'll play golf at a at a high level again and um it's just probably a matter of him figuring out what it, you know, what his process needs to look like. What, what, what does that look like to have him ready to play in these big events and play at the level that he knows he's capable of playing. So I yeah, sure figured out
1: his long game wasn't terrible. Like he, he hit some good drives. He didn't miss a lot of fairways. He, he didn't play terrible. And, and even his long iron game wasn't bad. His short game chipping and putting was not good. His speed on the greens was not good. Uh, did you find it difficult to get the speed on the greens down? Was it, di- was it different than what uh, you're used to here?
2: It was. It was. I mean, again, that was my first open experience, so there was a learning curve uh, to a the green. There was a learning curve on the greens um, for us, and you know, they're just—it's just a little bit slower uh, than what we're used to, really, uh, week in and week out on on tour. And a lot of that has to do with the with the slopes that are in the greens. They can't be much faster, or else it would. Or if you get any wind, it it would be kind of silly, but. Um. Yeah, it just and it's it's really hard to get the ball close in, in some some places it's really easy to leave yourself putts that are close to 100 feet and so you're not used to hitting putts of that length hardly at all much less right. five four or five times in a round so uh, it was it was very different but I thought it was really cool um, but definitely there was an adjustment uh, that that needs to take place you know for us next time
1: right but a great week by uh, Cam Smith at the uh, I thought the up and down on 17 there in front of the road bunker on Sunday was really, that really kind of was the nail in the coffin. I know that, that uh, Rory did end up birdie in 18 anyways, but that was just an amazing up and down to play safe there, play out to the right and then roll in a 12 foot or 12, 15 footer as if it was, I mean, he rolled it in like it was a four footer. Yeah. It was really, truly remarkable.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was, he He had made a lot of putts earlier uh, in his round, obviously. So I'm sure he was sitting there thinking I just need to give myself a good look a decent look and and I'm feeling confident with the putter and and can go from there so it was it was impressive.
1: So it has been an eventful couple of weeks in golf. I would like to point out that we're going to get basically 16 minutes into this podcast before we're going to talk about the bad guys. Um so you know it, it it's just it it is unfortunate that it has become the talk of of golf and and you and I were talking before we did the podcast that it's starting to become the talk of people that don't know anything about golf. Just you know, the 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 Twitter keyboard ro- warriors. Um, did you notice a difference? Because I'll be honest with you, as a fan watching on television, they did not have a press conference. They didn't talk about them. They wanted basically nothing to do. The first live player I saw on television was Dustin Johnson after he had played really well on uh, Friday that was really the first time I had seen them kind of embrace somebody who had made the jump. Are you noticing a difference in the way that the relationships uh, between players of guys that have gone over to play the other series versus PGA tour players?
2: Uh, you mean relationships between the tour and those guys or relationships? No, between the players. the players,
1: like the, you know, the players at the, cause obviously you're not seeing that PGA tour of it's anymore, but when they're being seen at major championships for now, while they are able to play, are you noticing a difference in these guys over here, the tour players and these guys over here, are the live players. And that is not that there has been a line drawn, so to speak.
2: I haven't, I haven't noticed much of a difference, you know, guys treating people any differently. I would say, um, I think a lot of, the guys on the PGA tour, they probably have a similar stance in that. Like, you know, you don't hold it against anybody that they went and, you know, played to live and made a bunch of money. And, and if that's what they want to do, then, then great. But don't, you know, I think where guys have an issue is when they're trying to double dip and they're trying to come back and play the PGA tour. And it's like, if you want to go, then go, that's fine you know, but we're, we're good here. Like the PGA tour has got a great thing going. It's not like they've treated anybody poorly. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess people have, have the reasons and, and that's what, that's why guys do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I don't understand is, so if they are going because they want to play less or they think that the PGA tour has treated them unfairly, the word is when you go, you have to play the 14 events or 15 or 16, however many events there eventually will be. So if you want to play your 14 events and then you still want to play the majors, that's now 18 events. That's more events than you were required to play on the PGA Tour to keep your membership number one. Number two, if the PGA Tour has treated you so badly, why are you now suing to play more golf and play more events on the PGA Tour if the PGA Tour treated you so badly? That, that's what doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. And, you know, nobody's making, if you're on the PGA tour, nobody's making you play. It's, you don't have to go play in events. Now, if you don't play, you might fall behind in the FedEx cup. You might, you know, you might not keep your card or if you're somebody that's fully exempt, you might not make the playoffs. And then, you know, but nobody's making, nobody's making you show up to an event. So, you know, I understand that, guys want the they want the time off and and the tours making some adjustments to the schedule to to you know give guys a little bit more of an off season so i think all that stuff was kind of coming down coming down the track uh, anyways before all the lift stuff kind of came about but yeah i mean i, I don't I, the scheduling i don't see how it's that much different um yeah. especially if you're trying to trying to play both tours right exactly and that's the thing
1: that you know if you want to go make your money that's fine but they don't come back and try to take money out of the pga tour pot when you already right. left that's right i i totally see where people like billy horschel are completely outspoken i love that billy has kind of stood up and said what i think a lot of people are thinking and some people don't want to say um i love to see the support from tiger i love to see the support from dustin i mean from um from from justin thomas and from rory mcelroy from yourself um I like to see the guys that are hardcore. I do think there are some that still have a, a price tag. And if that price tags met, I think they will bolt. And, and, and I just think that's unfortunate.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot of what Tiger said last week in his press conference was awesome. I really liked how he kind of painted that picture. I think Rory's done an incredible job representing mm-hmm. um, the PGA tour and, um kind of his his stance and his thoughts he's somebody that that is very uh well respected i would say amongst the players um and very well spoken i would say when it comes to to issues like this so anytime he says anytime he says something a lot of guys are are listening
1: no jt has it changed your opinion anybody who has left there's no 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 names to be called but has it changed your opinion of anybody who's left about the way you feel about them professionally versus the way things were before.
2: No, not at all. I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't fault anybody for, for going and doing that. You know, they Mm -hmm. may, you you may not agree with where the money's coming from. You may not agree with um, their stance on it, but I don't fault. any. I don't fault anybody. Um, Some of these guys are, are, are my friends. And, you know, that's, if they choose to do that, then that's great. I don't fault them about it. I'm still going to go grab a beer with them, you know, if I get the chance, but, um, is it something that I would do? Do I agree with it? Probably not. Um, I think that's, that's just how I was raised. That's how, it's kind of where, where I stand, how I believe, uh, you know, the PJ tour is not a bad, it's, it's a, it's an incredible opportunity and it's something that, I don't ever want to take for granted, and so it's something that um, I'm proud to, you know, be a part of.
1: You mentioned the schedule changes and money changes that are, that are coming up. What is the uh, basic thought of the players on the tour? What's the mood of the schedule and the money changes that are upcoming?
2: I think it's I think it's good. I think you know I think a lot of guys would agree they would like to have a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a chance in an off season. Um, I think with the new schedule changes, if you are, if you have a good, if you have a good season, uh, then you will have that opportunity. If you do not, then it is basically another wraparound season, which, you know, it rewards, you know, that model, I would say it rewards good play. And, um, that's everybody's motivation at the end of the day is you want to go out there and you want to play well. If you play well, you're going to have the FedEx cup playoffs. Uh, you're going to have uh, these big events in the fall. You're going to have more time off to go spend time with family, um, go on vacation with your with your wife, significant other, kids, whatever whatever your reason may be. I think it just gives guys a little bit more freedom um, to kind of do, do what they want um, with, with that new schedule.
1: Yeah. I like the good play is being rewarded. So if you play well, you don't have to play the wraparound season. Yeah. And then at the same time, you don't find yourself behind the eight ball once the new season starts in the FedEx cup standings.
2: Right. And it doesn't change any, none of the eligibility as far as status goes out there when, you know, there's still 125 guys that are going to be fully exempt at the end of the year. It's just, instead of it being after the Wyndham championship and before the playoffs, it'll be at the end of the calendar year uh, the RSM, uh, as it stands right now. And, and, you know, still the same number of guys that will be fully exempt. Nothing like that changes, which I think is good. And, um, it just rewards the guys that that play well to, you know, make a little bit more money in the fall and, and, um, have a little bit more freedom with, with schedule.
1: Right. And you made it very clear that obviously the, the other tour is not something you'd be interested in, but after, well, I'll ask actually actually a two, twofold question. Were you contacted at all before your victory or were you contacted after your John Deere classic victory?
2: I haven't been contacted at all directly. Um, I think they, they sent out an email to all the players basically saying this was a while back before any tournaments were being played that basically, I think I don't even remember exactly how it was worded or what it said, but it was something along the lines of if you're interested in playing, then, then here's how you get in contact and figure out whatever, how it works, but it's never really been something I've been interested in. Um, you know, I haven't talked to anybody. I don't have much interest in talking to anybody about it. Uh, I think, I think the PJ tours was where I dreamed of playing as a, as a kid, um, as a very young kid. And to work as hard as I have to get to this position to be successful at this level in the game of golf and then to turn my back on it just wouldn't, I don't know how I just, I just don't think I could ever do that. And, you know, that's something that I I'm prideful of is yes, the money on the PGA tour is great and, and we get to make a incredible living and are very fortunate, but I don't play golf to try and, you know, get to 18 and, and make a putt for $20,000, $50,000, $100,000, whatever it is, depending on how I finish. I'm trying to win golf tournaments and to be able to say that I'm a winner on the PGA tour and and to play in Ryder Cups, President's Cups, like win the big tournaments. And, and the money is just a bonus of, um, of what comes with it. You know, you know when you, when you're a kid and you're practicing on the putting green at, Eight years old. You're you're saying this putt's to win the Masters. This putt's to win this tournament. This putt's to win this or to beat this guy. It's not this putt is for a hundred thousand dollars or for a million dollars or, you, you know, that's that's something that I hope I don't I don't I don't ever you know lose sight
0: of. maker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give it all mentality to achieve their. American dream. Haymaker coffee only roast top quality specialty grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard and play hard. We have your coffee right here. I've okay, got mad respect for that, man. That's,
1: that's, that's awesome. JT. And that's, you know, something you mentioned and I I, I do want to get into, and I know that it was, emotional for you to win the John Deere classic because of all the hard work that you had put in and the people that have believed in you. When you said there were times, sometimes you really didn't fully believe in yourself, but there were people that stood behind you and pushed you. And if you could talk a little bit about that, because to us as a fan and as listeners of the podcast, it seems like it just turned around. Like here we are at the travelers. We're second. I know you had a a third place finish at the, uh, at the heritage but here you are second at the travelers. Boom. You win the John Deere classic. It's, it seems like an overnight success, but the reality is that's not the case.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's golf is a hard sport. It's really tough at, at this level. Um, I think as a, if you're a viewer at home, you know, you watch week in and week out, but you're still only seeing the highlights of the guys that are playing well that week. And so it's easy to kind of get sucked into thinking that everybody's playing well and everybody's, you know, having good years and everybody's, you know, always shooting 64s on Sundays, but uh, really, you know, everybody goes through it at this level. Um, But there are times when, when your game is just not in a good spot, everything just feels like it's uh, not going the way you want it to. And for me, that was probably going back a year, year and a half. Um, when I would say I wouldn't, I, I don't really think of it as like a slump necessarily, but just some very, some golf that is not at the level that I know I'm capable of playing. And there was a stretch kind of the end of last season and the beginning of this season where I missed, I think eight or nine cuts in a row. And a lot of them, I wasn't even really close to making the weekend. And so the, my game was just in a bad spot and, um, I owe a lot of credit to my swing coach who really helped me kind of work through it and I've known him for a long time John McNeely and um since I was I've been working with him since I was a kid and so I've always trusted him when it came to to my golf and even some outside of golf stuff and he's been a he's been a great mentor to me and you know he helped me kind of really break it down and and when it come when it came to my swing and it was just a matter of putting in the work and putting in the time and um at times it was, it was tough to, to trust that and be patient enough to, to know that, it, that this was coming. But, um, you know, I had a lot of my fiance, Kelly, uh, my family, friends at home, um, people in St. Sea Island, you know, everybody kind of giving you that reassurance that, you know, you've won out here before you have played at a high level right. before, like it's, it's there. You just, you just gotta, gotta let it happen. And so. Um, it was, it was awesome to see it kind of come full circle. Was there ever a
1: time you had a thought of, man, just not sure I can get it done again?
2: Um, I think I always believed that I, I think I always believed that I could, I don't think I ever lost, you know, the, the belief that like I can win again. It just felt like at times it was so far away. I mean, there were times where I remember just feeling like, it would be a big accomplishment to shoot two rounds in a row that were under par. And it felt like, you know, that's, uh, you got a long ways to go when you're trying to shoot two rounds in a row under par versus trying to get to 20 something under par and win a golf tournament at the highest level. So it just felt like at times it was so far away. Um, But I still felt like I was, I always believed that I was doing the right things. And I was, and I, and that was kind of what I kept telling myself is you're doing the right things. Just keep doing it. And eventually it's, it's going to pay off.
1: I know you said your caddy played a big role too. And the fact that you did, you see a lot of guys now they struggle and they either want to change a swing coach. They want to change a caddy because things aren't going well. They need a new, they just need a new message but you didn't, you stuck with your caddy, your caddy stuck with you as well, which are, so there's some credit to be given yeah. there. And you stuck with your swing coach. Talk a little bit about how important Fleener was to you.
2: Yeah. I mean, Fleener was a huge part of, um, everything that day, at, you know, Sunday at the deer even, and definitely the, the months and weeks and year leading into, into that win. Um, it is tough when if he's in a tough spot when, when he doesn't have any control over the golf shot, all he can control is you know the the numbers and get me in the right mindset going you know going into these tournaments and when you're playing that bad, it's just hard to get in that mindset and you know I gotta give him a lot of credit he he stuck with me he never he never really got negative about uh where we were where the game was when it was not good he just you know he kind of had that same same mentality of like eyes forward head down and like we're gonna we're gonna work through this and and we're gonna get the other side and it's gonna be worth it and um again we knew we were doing the right things it just it just needed to kind of happen wow that's
1: amazing that you know you guys stuck together did what you had to do and then to see it all the way to fruition and i think that's where the emotion came from uh in the interview with golf channel after you won the john deere classic because it was it's the belief not only in yourself but your belief in others and their
2: belief in you, yeah, it was more more so that than i i knew where I knew that it wasn't just something that I did on my own it's not a it's not a place it's not a position you get to on your own and um going through those struggles and and everybody kind of reassuring me and 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 you know having all kinds of talks about um where the golf game is and everybody being so positive and, and so sure that, that I was going to get to that spot. And that was kind of when I, when it really hit me that like, you know, they had stuck, stuck with it, stuck with me through, through yeah. the hard, harder, harder times and the low times. And, and now, you know, it had finally come to fruition.
1: I mean, golf can be a lonely sport. You're standing on the range by yourself. Then when you're out there on the golf course, you got a caddy with you, but you're oftentimes by yourself. But at the same time, when you won, it was Team JT Poston that won, not just JT Poston. And that was, and to to, to see Kelly's sheer joy, running out on the 18th green was pretty
2: awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was excited. It was awesome for her to be there. Um, she missed the first one in, in Wyndham. We had a really, we had really just started dating when I won at Wyndham, and so uh, she wasn't able to be there for that one. So it was it was awesome for her to be there and run out on 18 green and uh, to celebrate together was was really cool.
1: That was super cool. So, uh, we got the 3M this week. I know you're playing again this week. And then only two more events for the FedEx Cup. We got the Rocket Mortgage and then we have the Wyndham. So, we'll, I know you're playing this week. Will you play the Rocket Mortgage?
2: Uh, I'm not going to play Rocket Mortgage. I'm going to take a week off. Um, okay. uh, play the Wyndham? Great tournament. Yeah, I'll play the Wyndham. Um, obviously, you have won there. And um, I really like the golf course and being back in, in North Carolina is something I always look forward to. So, Uh, I'll take Detroit off and kind of have a, have a breather and and reboot and then hit the ground running with Wyndham and playoffs.
1: So you got four weeks, you'll do Wyndham and then hope to play four weeks in a row. Correct. Yeah. Finishing in Atlanta. Yeah. Nice. Um, Well, before we let you go, man, congratulations on, on the great play. I do have to ask, what do you get? I know you, I know you get a trophy and whatnot. Do you get a tractor when you win the John Deere?
2: Yeah, uh, they you get a gator. Um, so there was part of the trophy uh, ceremony. They drove me kind of down to 18 green and, and one of these awesome gators. And and they they told us, I uh, told Kelly and I that they're saying, you know, this is the one you get to take home. This is the one that we're going to send you. So uh, I haven't I don't I haven't gotten it yet, but um, I look forward to to driving that thing around on on Sea Island for sure.
1: That's so awesome! Everybody else is riding around in a golf cart. JT's got a deer. I'll be in the deer. Yeah, I'll be in the gator. Yeah, that's so awesome. I, I love that they do that. I love that they, you know, that they give you something a little extra. A trophy's nice, but it's nice to get something a little extra to always remember that you won.
2: Yeah, it's so unique and so unique to to John Deere. So it's it's cool to to have that as like a a memento and and to zip around town and.
1: I expect you to dress it up like redneck it up a little bit. You can't just
2: leave the stock. You you got to do a little something to it. I'll do a little something to it. I'll I'll make it, I'll make it look good.
1: It needs a sound system for sure. It's got to have a Bluetooth speaker on it. I think it
2: might already. If it doesn't, it definitely will have one
1: Okay. before we let you go. We ask you nine quick questions. Some have something to do with golf and some don't have a damn thing to do with golf. You just give us the first thing that comes to your mind. Number one, best ball striker on the PGA tour. Uh, Justin Thomas. Wow, you're not the first one to say that. You're not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, your favorite sports team or athlete?
2: Uh, the Carolina Tar Heels. Okay, I like that. Yeah,
1: I like that. Having a little bit of trouble. Having a little bit of a hard time on the recruiting trail right now in C- Carolina basketball. Yeah.
2: But yeah, we'll get it right. back. It'll be all right.
1: Yep. They will be all right. Uh, Go to food on the road. <laughs>
2: Chick Fil A is always a is always a easy one.
1: Can never go wrong with a grilled chicken sandwich meal from Chick Fil A, man. That is the yeah. best grilled chicken sandwich meal of any fast food, and and the that waffle fries. First,
2: that was my first meal getting back from Scotland after being there for a week. Got a little Chick Fil A <laughs> breakfast. So most
1: own most famous phone number in your cell phone.
2: Um, probably Roy Williams. Okay. Nice. Uh, that's oh yeah, that's North John, Carolina basketball John, royalty. Yeah, yeah. John Lester, maybe. Okay. Baseball player. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, player, you're most nervous to be paired with on the PGA Tour, either one you've been paired with or would be.
2: Uh, Tiger Woods. I played with Tiger right after my win, and and he's just he's a guy that you you look up to as a kid. So when you're standing there on the tee with him, playing with him is is it's pretty nerve wracking, but exciting at the same time
1: how was that experience? Was it what you expected or different?
2: Uh, It was awesome. I I honestly, I, it was different in a good way. I, I thought he would have, you know, I thought he would have shaken hands on the first tee and talked a little bit, but I thought he kind of would have done his own thing and, and there wouldn't have been much, much chat, but right. he, it was the week after, after the win. So I guess that, that helps after Wyndham, but he, he was, you know, a lot more talkative than I, than I thought he was going to be, which was an engaging, which I thought was, was really cool.
1: And probably knock some of the nerves off too.
2: Yeah. It helped. Yeah, definitely yeah.
1: a little bit. Uh, if you weren't a pro golfer, how would we know JT post and what
2: would he be doing? Oh gosh. I don't know if you'd, I don't know if you'd know me at all. I wouldn't, I, I think I would have a hard time not being in the golf world uh, since it's been such a big part of my life, but I don't know what, a, I don't know what that would be. Maybe a coach, maybe a an agent or or I uh, I don't know something. Some, but thankfully, golf. thankfully golf, golf yeah, thankfully golf is is working working pretty good so far. So I'm just gonna stick with that.
1: Thankfully you're a lot better player than I am. Uh <laughs> your favorite hole or course on the PGA tour?
2: Uh favorite course is probably Hilton Head i love harbortown yeah uh, i love i love riv but i've had a little bit more success at at harbortown so harbortown like Harbor is probably Town. my favorite yeah cool.
1: uh are you are you a gym guy
2: like workout in the gym, gym? yeah 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 cardio I'll, or I'll weights get in there. uh i hate cardio but i probably do more cardio than i do weight so um i guess i guess cardio is what i'm is my answer
1: a trip to the fridge to pick up a twelve ounce curl. That's cardio and
2: weights. That's that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that counts. That counts for sure.
1: And last but not least, music on the golf course. And if so, what what's your uh, what's your favorite music to listen to when you're playing?
2: I've been on a lot of a lot of country. Um okay. Dustin Lynch is a good friend of Fleener's and I. So yeah, he's a good dude. Uh so he he's I like I like listening to him a little bit. I've been on a Zach Bryan kickle lately, so yeah. he's a little bit different, not quite
1: they're coming here to Jacksonville in October, so if you're, uh, I know you're yeah. not far. They're, they're, they're coming to Jackson in October. Okay, yeah, I need, I need to, need to. They are good. Out, have so. you seen them live? Have you seen, have you seen Zach Brown live? No, not uh Zach Bryan. Sorry. Uh, oh, Zach Bryan. I think he means Zach Brown. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Zach um, Zach Brown's coming to Jacksonville in October. Gotcha. If you haven't seen them live, it is. Uh, this sounds I like, like I'm show. exaggerating. It's life
2: changing. Yeah. All right. It is, All right. It sounds good. good. If it, if the dates work out, then I might have to. I might have to do that.
1: It is damn good. Well, JT, man, thank you for your time, man. appreciate you being on. It's your second time on the podcast. We appreciate it. Once again, congratulations on your uh, wire to wire victory at the John Deere classic and uh, you're exempt. Now you got what? Two and a half years of exemption going on. So you can pick and choose and play where you want to play now.
2: Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: Man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, JT. Have a good day. brother.